Hello, and welcome back. You're listening to From the Valley, and my name is Kaylin Ham. What does it look like to talk to people about Jesus? How do we make connections with our friends and our family and reach people for Christ, especially in a post-COVID world? And what are our goals in all of this? That's what we're talking about today on episode three, Building Bridges, with special guest, Sherry Rumpel. Well, welcome, Sherry. Thanks for coming. Thanks for being willing to not just record, but mm. to film. So you had to do I your know. hair and you had to Well, get you're ready. getting a very authentic look because... <laughs> This is the I was too uh, I was too tired to blow dry look. Ah, so we're setting no, the bar low for future lovely. podcast guests. <laughs> you look lovely. We'll see how well Serge does his hair when he comes and visits. Oh yeah, yeah. I expect fabulous things from fabulous, him. Fabulous, always fabulous. But welcome. Yeah. You're our third guest here at From the mm-hmm. Valley, and I would love to start uh, just like our previous guests. Could you tell us a little bit about who you are? and what you do here specifically at Sturgeon Valley Baptist Church, because you're our newest staff member. I am. Not by much, but still, you're the I newest. I snuck <laughs> in under the wire there. That's right. So I started here at Sturgeon Valley at the end of August. So it hasn't been quite a full school year. Like in the kidsmen world, it's kind of like school years are how I track things. And uh, so I started in August, and... Uh, joined uh, joined the ministry efforts here. And what I do is I'm our children's director. Mm. So that means that I get to have all the fun and do all the crafts. <laughs> That's very true. So <laughs> I do. It's like necessary skills. Uh, how good are you with a glue gun? Can you handle noise? <laughs> no. So what I look after is uh, all of our kids programming for our youngsters, kind of grade six and below. So we've got everything from expecting parents, some of them first-time parents, get a walk through some of that journey with them, and uh, through the preschool and nursery ages and and our amazing uh, kids club program that we have here on Sunday. And we're just gearing up for first season with me here for VBS. Oh, you're going to do great. So this is going to be so much fun. Uh, yeah. For those, if you're listening and you don't know what VBS is, it's basically our, our kids' summer camp. So, That's right. well, VBS is Vacation Bible School. That's right. But we're going to call it Discovery Kids Camp this ah, year. Ah, rebrand. Re- well, Holly sort of started that. My predecessor here started with the Discovery Kids Camp. And I like that. Yeah, that is nice. Because it isn't about, you know, kids think, eh, school. It's so much more than that. It's about really them discovering this amazing life that they can have with Jesus as uh, walking alongside of them and being part of it. So it's going to be a blast. Oh, that's going to be fantastic. I'm going to be covered in like sparkles and feathers, I'm sure, by the end of the week. But (laughs) it'll be lots of fun. (laughs) So for those in our congregation who don't know you, could you just share a little bit about where you were before SVBC, okay. a little bit about your testimony. Are you an old spinster who lives with 12 cats? Yes. Like what? No. <laughs> <laughs> My hay fever would never allow that. But I do have a dog. Oh. I do have a golden retriever named Buddy. 
And so the kids get to see him lots of part of our programming. He's always sharing his pictures and little videos and that. Uh, but I'm a mom, so not quite a spinster. <laughs> I am. I did successfully nag a husband. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, so Lyndon and uh, I have been part of Sturgeon Valley for three, four years-ish. Uh, kind of just getting to know people right before pandemic hit. So we're having lots of fun getting to re-know and reintroduce ourselves with a lot of people. And we have three girls and they are eight. This is birthday week. So we're going to graduate them up past their birthdays because by the time this airs, I'll get in big trouble for not saying their new dates because it's a big <laughs> deal. So we've got one who's eight, another one turning 13 this week, another one turning 14. Oh, that's so, so fun. Yes. So we were part of our church here before I came into the role. And before that, we spent 14 years up in Slave Lake. So I was uh, born and raised in Lethbridge, met my husband when he was down coming to school, and ran away to the far north as soon as I could because I just loved it. So we've kind of balanced it out and moved closer, closer to the middle of Alberta. We're getting there. But Very yeah. fun. And have yeah. you always been in children's ministry? Is this the thing you've always done? Oh, no. It's kind I kind of stumbled into it. It's a funny story. I did not like working with kids. Mm. There's my deep secret. Uh-oh. It's amazing <laughs> Everyone, what God can do this. with your I know, kids cover your ears. But it's amazing what God can do with your life because um I grew up kind of with faith all around me, but not um in the way that people would necessarily expect somebody who grew up kind of in the church or on the fringe of the church. So one of the small miracles in my life is that I was part of a church family down in Lethbridge at the Free Church where I got to hear the gospel and dedicate my life to Christ when I was about seven. But then my family left um, the church at about 10. So from 10 to about 16, we weren't regularly attending. We didn't, you know, we weren't part of a small group. We didn't have close family friends that were talking about the faith and actively living it out kind of in our house and around us all the time. And so what a blessing it is to look back and see that God used that snapshot of time where I was as a kid, part of kids ministry to really grab a hold of me. And that really carried me through some tumultuous teen years. And uh, when I was in high school, I thought, okay, I'm going to do youth group. And so I still can't believe I did this because I was so horribly shy. I don't know how I pulled this off. Looking back, it look, makes no sense to me. But I somehow convinced my parents that they should take me to youth group on the complete other end of the city and drop me off. <laughs> and I did. Nice. And I met some <laughs> of my greatest friends there and uh, got connected with the youth pastor. And that's been a huge part of my story moving forward. Aww. Yeah, he was amazing. And really got to dig into it, uh, really get to have my faith as my own, you know, during those years and recently reconnected with him. He's amazing. So Jeff Gulliger, if you're listening, you, uh, you had such a huge role. We never, uh, I don't think we give our youth pastors enough credit, mm. you know, in those years where you can kind of wander a little bit and you have so many hard questions and you don't know where you're looking for answers Yeah, to have somebody like we have pastor Justin here. And I had my pastor Jeff be able to uh, walk alongside me. That was huge. 
Yeah. But then I kind of left that whole world, went through university and uh, moved up north and started working um, at a church up there after I had the kids and had parts to play in kids ministry and that. And it was kind of one of those things where it was a need and I was like, I'll do anything. And they're like, great kids ministry. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, I didn't know what I was doing. And it was loud and I was overwhelmed. And there's such, I don't know if you've ever been new to a place where people are looking to you. I had no idea what I was doing. Mm. And uh, it was overwhelming. So I always say if I can do kids men, you know, even if just being in a room and coloring with kids, you know, or doing what I do on a daily basis, if I can do it by the grace of God, <laughs> anyone can do it. Well, I think you're fantastic yeah. at it. We're well, just, you have to say We love that. having you around. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, I've done parts of yeah. the job and it's, yeah. it's a lot of high energy and yeah. the kids love you. The families Aww. love you. We love you on staff. We love having you're you. You're so amazing. So, I love yeah. it. That's the funny thing is it took this this like begrudging spirit that I had uh. <laughs> and it's become like a deep passion of mine. Like I just love it. I so mm. good. I can't believe I get to do this. Like how lucky am I? I can relate to that. Yeah. I never thought I'd work in a church. I was yeah. like, I don't want to do that. That's not for me. And God was like, well, actually, actually, <laughs> actually, I have different plans for you. That's the thing. And it's pretty amazing how he works. Yeah. In, you never in our know. Lives. But you're here. We love having you. I'm here. And you thought for a long time about what you wanted to talk ab- I on. I did. Coming on the podcast and yes. what we settled on, and you have this lovely picture. Um, so if anyone's just listening, it's it's a picture of an old bridge. Mm-hmm. And you're very passionate about bridges. Yes. Like this lovely train bridge. It's very weird. I understand what, that. Why? <laughs> why? <laughs> Can you explain I to know. me I'm what like, is this Kaylin, bridge we're talking for? about bridges. She's like, oh, okay. Like the, tr- the train bridges? Yeah. Is that what we're Well, here's the thing. Into? You grow up in Lethbridge, you know about bridges. So if you've ever been to Lethbridge, if any of our listeners have been there, when you drive into the city from the north, you see this beautiful high-level bridge. And it's black steel. It's amazing. And it's funny. I looked it up. I, I was rusty on my Lethbridge knowledge for shame. So I had to look it up. So it was constructed in 1908, which is amazing to me that, you know, I think of some of our modern marvels. And to think that 1908, they could build something like this is just astounding to me. And uh, it took up only about a year, which is kind of crazy because nothing gets done in a year these days. Nope. (laughs) Yeah. It's still the longest and highest of its kind in the world. Wow. So it's 1.6 1.6 kilometers long and 96 meters off of the Cooley Valley. And CN Rail goes across it. We used to watch, this is how old I am. We used to watch the engines in the cabooses. Ooh. Ooh, <laughs> yes. We loved watching it. And you, there was a big park under it and you could climb on the bottom. And it was just fascinating to me. And is that the bridge yeah. in this picture? That's the bridge in this picture. So this is a picture from when they were building it and I keep this in my office at home as a reminder that it takes so many people. You know, you look at this and you don't often think of how many different people had parts to play in creating this. And you can see kind of way down at the bottom at the of the picture, there's this one tiny silhouette of a man. And 
the scale of him in comparison to this giant engineering feat. And then as you kind of look further into the picture, you start to see all these other little, it's almost like ants in an anthill. You see one mass and then you see a thousand of them appear. And so it's always just a reminder to me to know where I'm going. Mm. You know, they're building with specific intention to get to a different point on the other side. You know, so they're setting their sights on something and they're building towards it. And a reminder for me that I can never go at it alone. Hmm. And my foundation needs to be sturdy. You know, it's that age old, you know, house upon the rock. You know, there's that kid's song, that old kid's camp song, you know, of building a a house with a strong foundation. Mm -hmm. You know, and that being the foundation on the word of God and a relationship with Christ. And then that you can't go at it alone. You have to have other people as part of that journey. You know, a year, a a year to do anything. It takes so many people. I think of, you know, it's probably if I started cleaning out my entryway closet, it would take me a year. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind building a bridge, right? Like you need, it's, uh, it's just a great reminder to me and encouragement in my faith and ministry. So I wanted to share that with you guys today. Very cool. So in talking about building bridges, obviously, I mean, you and I, were not literal bridge builders. We're not no, building I've tried. I'm very bridges. terrible at it. I, maybe someone listening is, and like kudos <gasps> to them. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> but I doubt that the majority of us are building yeah. actual bridges. Mm-hmm. So why, what does this mean for anyone who doesn't literally build a bridge? Yeah, they're like, why, why do I care about bridges, yeah. right? Like they're like, yeah, they're great to look at. They get things from one side to another. And often in the yeah. Christian context, you know, we'll talk about building bridges to our community or Definitely. like building bridges to your spouse. And, you know, in talking with you, um, I think that's the first thing that always came to my mind is I'm building a bridge to something. Mm-hmm. But you seem to have this I- a different idea about what building bridges in li- lives are. Yeah. So could you tell me a little bit about that? Well, it's that one little word, too, right? You know, that statement of I building a bridge to, and you're right, we hear that so often from the pulpit and other ways, um, not just here at Surgeon Valley, but globally in the church, you know, building bridges to our communities, into our communities, and so forth. But it's more than that. That word to becomes with or alongside of. Hmm. And that's so critical. Um, growing up in Lethbridge, we talked a lot about evangelism and specifically using the bridge illustration to do that. Um, if you're looking at it, here's a little picture. Here's my beautiful picture. Ah, uh, yes. But I've what seen you see, before. yeah, it's real. You know, it's one of those things that we often see and go, "Oh, yeah, I learned that years ago." You know, where you've got man on one side of this valley. There's two. There's two hills with a deep valley in the middle. And there's a man on one side, you know, and on the other side is God. Well, how do you get from God and there's sin, sin all around him? How do you move from that to God and Christ? And you see that symbolism of the cross become the bridge that takes man to God. And it's just so powerful to me because Man didn't create that bridge. Hmm. That bridge was always there for us. And likewise, God created that bridge, but it takes man getting on to it. Yeah. Right? Like there's responsibilities and there are parts to play on both ends. 
And I think we take it upon ourselves a lot, that responsibility, that I am responsible for going out into my community. And then we get paralyzed. I've certainly been at that point. It's like, well, how? Like when I moved to St. Albert, it's like, well, how? How do I get to know my neighbors? How do I build a bridge into a community that I know nothing about? And so for me, my experience has been starting with something that you're passionate about or that you're interested in or that you're curious about. You know, we think, well, I'm a mom. I'm at home all the time. Uh, How do I go beyond that? You know, it's an isolating world. Mm. And I've been a part of that. It's funny. I'm reading this book. It's called Rocking Ordinary. And it's kind of tongue in cheek, but it's got these wonderful nuggets in it that are so encouraging to me. Uh, Leanne Garfias is the name and it's called Rocking Ordinary. And this quote here just resonated with me. She said, uh, so she had a part of her story. She challenged herself as part of making bridges and she didn't use that phrasing, but going out into her community and making disciples and all this. She thought about having lunch with a friend once a year. And then she thought, well, this is great, but uh, first I had to make some friends. <laughs> and I thought, oh, guilty, right? We become so <laughs> consumed in our regular lives that building that bridge you know, from our daily experience to the Great Commission of going forth, making disciples, teaching them and baptizing them. It's such a big jump from what our regular experience is that is overwhelming. Mm. So she said this uh, about that. She said, first, I had to make some friends. She goes to say, you may or not be laughing, depending on how recently you've counted how many in real life friends you have. I had to I had to look that up. It said IRL. And then I realized, oh, my goodness, I'm so old. So your friends, IRL, in real life. Okay, okay. (laughs) Versus your friends that you have on social media or, you know, your acquaintances that you build. You know, we've kind of diluted that term. And she said, we've become a generation of women with handfuls of friends on Facebook, but fewer than a handful in our own communities. Mm. And we're super connected across the country and around the world to topics or... um, movements or any of these other things, but to be deeply connected to the communities that we spend the majority of our time in, it's an afterthought. And it says that the ties that bind us to our church and to our families and our communities are often very thin. Hmm. And we're a race of very popular hermits. I love that. A race of very popular hermits. I'm definitely a hermit. Right? (laughs) And out of that, it breeds so much loneliness. Yeah. And then you think, you know, you come to a church service or you're in a group or you see this thing somewhere that's encouraging you to go out and build a bridge into your community. You think, but how? Well, it first of all takes the responsibility I take very seriously as, you know, someone in ministry to build that those bridges within our church. Hmm. You know, that's been a key um, initiative of mine, if you want to call it that. It sounds so formal. (laughs) But getting to know not just our kids, but their families, you know, that's that bridge into their daily lives. And then you get to know their interests and you just build these natural bonds and they can be so different than me. Hmm. I think sometimes we're uh, like to surround ourselves and it's comfortable to surround ourselves with people that are like us. And they're not necessarily challenging what we think or feel or 
Um, they look like us. It's more, they feel more approachable, right? Building a bridge to something beyond that is terrifying. And that's where we have to, in my opinion, change our mindset from I'm building a bridge to, to I'm going to go out and build a bridge with others. Hmm. I'm going to build a bridge with my community. I'm going to, it's involving them in that process. Mm-hmm. And that's what is so different for me when I think of it. Yeah. yeah. I really love that. It's so hard to, I don't, like making friends, for example. If you're right? trying to build, build a bridge yes. figuratively with, with a friend, um, to do it alone. Yeah. Like if that friend isn't putting anything in either, like you can't, you're not mm. going to be friends then. Right. So. <laughs> it can be, it doesn't have to be a lonely experience. And you don't have to bury bear that responsibility alone, you know? And, you know, just like I always looked at that bridge, they knew where they were going. They had a point that they wanted to reach. And there was people on both sides coming to meet in the middle. Hmm. And it's creating that, that environment where it's safe to meet in the middle. Yeah. You know, I... I think we've become really good at having a strong community in our church. Do we have an environment? And this is a challenging thing for me to look at. Have we created an environment where it's safe for people to be welcomed into? Mm. And it's comfortable and approachable. And I know somebody out there is listening and they're going, <gasps> seeker sensitive. Right? <laughs> Oh, careful with those terms. I know, but somebody's (laughs) thinking it. And it's not about going to an extreme. It's about not diluting who we are. Because I think that's the knock that that movement gets. It's about diluting something to make it comfortable and easy and palatable Mm. for a certain type of person to come to it. It's not that. It's being secure in who you are. And then opening that up. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where it comes from. You know, and like I said, you can be an expert in something and build a common interest on it. But you don't have to. You don't have to be passionate about um, soccer, for example. So my daughter just started outdoor soccer. I, if you know me, or, and and I don't need very me- many references on this, aside from the many bruises that I have and the knock I get in my family. I am horribly clumsy. <laughs> Just, it's funny, as we were walking in to, to do this podcast, I dropped all my books. And yeah, Galen picked up. <laughs> I'm horribly clumsy. So the idea of anything that involves hand-eye coordination does not really sit well and match with my interests and abilities. And so... The idea of building a bridge into my community through soccer is so outlandish. Well, now I have this little girl who just adores it. And she's just so naturally inclined towards it. And she's as clumsy as I am sometimes, yes. But she just has this incredible joy through it. And just in the past couple of weeks, I'm sitting with other people in the community that I would have never met otherwise. Hmm. You know, so it's just having it on your mind as you're going about these kind of natural opportunities that present in front of you mm-hmm. that you don't have to go at it alone. My little girl helped me build this 
this bridge into my community you know and i'm not sitting down and saying how was your week can i pray for you to these strangers (laughs) you know it's hey how you doing it's really cold out here isn't it you know and uh just making these mutual bonds Mm. and that natural connection of meeting each other in conversation you know how small that's the start of it yeah we don't have to be overwhelmed about the end You have to have it in the back of your mind that this is who I am as a Christian. I want to reach others and share this amazing secret to life that I have. We don't (laughs) want it to be a secret. We want it to be the worst kept secret in the world. And you just go in just comfortable with who you are, clumsiness and all, and just seize those opportunities to make those connections. And it really seems like it's a bit mm. of a mindset change. Mm. Like it it goes from worrying about the destination of I have to build the bridge to get to the person to tell yes. them about Jesus, to mm-hmm. which is important, but it becomes about with this other person, like you're building the bridge, you're building this relationship. Yeah. And through the experience of building that, like that's that's where like Yeah. That's kind of the destination in and of itself is yeah. is to have those experiences. Which I just thought was, I'd never thought of it that way, Mm. which is just so cool. (laughs) I like that. Well, it takes the pressure off, right? It does, yeah. You know, and that's one of the beautiful things that I love about about Christianity and about the example that we have in Scripture of Jesus is that in many circumstances, even he didn't go at it alone. Mm -hmm. He could have. You know, let's, let's be honest, he didn't need his disciples there in order to perform a miracle, but he had them with them for a specific purpose Mm -hmm. and alongside of him. And what a cool thing that we get to do that, to have people alongside of us in our journey. And it doesn't have to be, like you said, this big overwhelming, I have to get to my community. You know, it's just taking advantage and seeing the many little opportunities that you have yeah so as a church specifically and Mm -hmm. as like the corporate church Mm -hmm. how do you think we can go about building bridges with our communities Mm -hmm. rather than to our communities because i think so often outreach Mm -hmm. if we're not careful can be very too focused we have to go to the community we have to go you know to these this people group or so how do we change that how do we shift that mindset in your opinion yeah well and I think in part of that process we make a lot of assumptions you know I want to go to the hurting the lost the desperate the desolate the poor the hungry we make all these assumptions for all we know our outreach to a food bank could be what enables a very strong Christian who's in line at a food bank to have that opportunity to build a bridge with the person in front of her. Hmm. You know, I don't think we, and it's so natural in our human nature to not look at the big picture. And so I think part of that is appreciating that the bridge goes both ways. You know, what do you need? You know, we go, it's, 
I feel much more comfortable going into situations where I know I can be part of it. And if I have a friend that I meet and they're like, hi, how are you doing? How can I help you today? I'm turning around and running the other direction. <laughs> like, it's like, I'm not a gonna tell you, like, we're not there yet. And B, I don't know if you're the person I want to fill that need, whatever it may be. And yet it was probably very well-intentioned of them, right, to serve. Now imagine that same friend comes to me and says, how are you doing today? And you go, yeah, good, fine, whatever, you know, our usual answer. You know, it's almost become part of our greeting, not an actual sincere question, you know. And when we say, how are you? They go, man, I'm struggling. This week was awful. I'm exhausted. You want to go get a coffee? Like, I just need to, like, get out of here for two minutes. Let's go grab a coffee. And you say yes. That's the start of it. It doesn't have to be about um, solving a problem. Mm. Sometimes the solution is just that connection. And I'm not trying to undermine the amazing work that churches do, including ours. There's a definite need for it. And we have partnered intentionally with organizations that go out and do meaningful work and create these meaningful bridges into our communities. And I love that. And I think it's also about being willing to bring our authentic selves to the table. You know, individually, I think it's, I brought my stack of books. This is fine. So this is a stack of books that is living on my table where I have my morning coffee right now. And before we started talking about the podcast, so I just thought it was so funny how everything came together. So of course there's the rocking uh, ordinary. I've been reading uh, the post-quarantine church by Tom Rainer. It's small, it's easy digestible, but it just opened up my mindset to thinking about things in a different way and what those needs are and how the church can show up to meet the needs of... um, of their church family, but also balancing the outreach with it. So that was a good read. And these two I've been reading selfishly, you know. (laughs) Sometimes you read stuff and you're like, I'm really interested in this for work or for, in my case, ministry or that. This I'm just reading for me. It's called Find Your People. And it's such a delightful little book. And it's about building deep community in a lonely world. And it's by Jenny Allen. It's not faith-based, which is refreshing for me sometimes to get an outsider perspective on things. And it was really neat to see her talk about um, ways that she went out and did that, you know, being a grown-up and, you know, it's hard to make friends as an adult. So how do you do that, (laughs) especially coming out of COVID where everybody's been in their own little bubble and you're not really sure where people are at and connecting and like, can I invite them over? Are like they okay going out to a restaurant? How do they feel about community parks? Like we've got all these things that have complicated it. And so we kind of just don't, right? And so that was really interesting for me to get some new perspective. And uh, this is another one. It's called the Turquoise Table. Hmm. And in St. Albert, this is uh, one that our uh, our community 
our family and community services talked about and introduced me to. It's the story of this woman who thought, enough, I know none of my neighbors. And she was feeling pretty lonely living in a city. And so she created this gathering space in her front yard just to see what would happen. She painted a turquoise picnic table and just sat there. And it became this like point of connection, a bridge into her community. Just started with her own loneliness. How do I solve this for me? So it's okay to come from a need perspective too. Mm. You know, and I think from a church, we think so often of what do others need? I'll tell you right now, the list of what our church needs is long. The, what of, the list of what our children's ministry needs right now is long. And if we're open to creative ways and we're open to people filling those needs for us, it's amazing how many bridges can be built in that process. And again, they're just simple. They're natural. We don't have to overthink it. You know, and for me, that's so freeing. Mm. You know, yes, we go into it with an intention to meet people. Let's meet them on the bridge, you know, and let's make sure our foundation is strong, that we're rooted in Christ and that we're authentic in where we're at and who we are. And we travel that bridge together. Do you have any practical tips i i wish i was better at being a people person <laughs> i always feel really awkward talking yeah. to people even people i like know like i'm like i just don't know yeah. like stop talking to me i don't want to <laughs> i don't want to but yeah. like i i want those relationships mm-hmm. i want to build bridges with people mm-hmm. um do you have any like practical tips like Sherry's five steps to bridge building. Like, oh, <laughs> see, that's what I should have brought. Sherry's five steps to br- bridge building. <laughs> yeah. Um, be you. It's that simple. You know, a real friend accepts you for who you are in all your clumsiness and messiness. And I feel like that's our goal, right? We want to have people that are around us that just get us. You know, and that's intimidating because when we go to meet new people, we kind of put our best faces forward, you know, and it's uncomfortable, you know, being vulnerable. Um, I'll give you a couple examples. How about that? I love examples. Okay. Especially for parents, right? Because I think that we can't overlook the power of building bridges in our own families and in our homes. And I think that's where it starts. Um, one of my daughters loves sci-fi fantasy. I don't. (laughs) If you had me like rate all of the like types of movies or books and that, that I love, I'm, it would like, I would probably forget about putting it on the list. Like it's that low. And, um, but she just adores it. So One of the ways that I was, uh, you know, it was like, well, how do I connect with her? You know, they're entering their teenage years. How do you connect with somebody that has such different interests than you? And this example can apply not just for parents, but, you know, in going out. In this case, I thought, okay, well, sit through a movie. I'll make it through one movie. Like, I'll just, I'll muster all the strength I have not to sass all the way through it and make fun of it. Fall asleep. Fall asleep. Play on my (laughs) phone. 
I mean, thank goodness for chips, you know, because ah. I can they can keep me awake. But but that was my entry into her world, and it's so funny. So throughout COVID, we have watched all of these movies. Like name the series, we've probably watched them, and they've become so fun. I can't say I necessarily enjoy the storylines, <laughs> but I love that I can talk to her about them. And I love that we can, you know, that how was school today? Eh, I don't know. It was fine. Whatever. Well, how do you make a bridge that goes beyond that to discipling your child? Well, it's connection and trust mm. and being a part of their life experience with them and that was my bridge into her world you know sending ridiculous memes about it (laughs) or looking up these fan theories about it like it became this thing you know and then we'd start talking about other things and then soon enough we get talking about serious things you know or you know you have that relationship and so one it's you know not being afraid to try new things you know that that's a big part of it and also just being comfortable with who you are. It's like, well, I don't get it. All right, you're making me watch this. Ha ha ha. You know, it's okay that I don't love it, but going bravely, recognizing who I am. And I'm going to guess, I know a little bit about you, enough to know that you have a few passions. Mm-hmm. And they're not all music. Some of them involve superheroes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> But something so simple as going to a movie and inviting somebody out. Like, you know what? I'm really excited about this. Hmm. You want to come with me? There's no pressure for conversation. There's no pressure for, you know, I'm going to solve all your life's problems by telling you about Jesus. It's just we're going to a movie together. We don't even have to talk. We're staring at a screen and eating totally. popcorn. <laughs> but it's that shared experience. So shared experience and being authentic and comfortable with who you are. Mm. And I think a little dose of courage. Yeah. And, you know, I found it very interesting in talking about the story with your daughter. Like, it's amazing to think about how much people just want other people to care about the things they're passionate about. Like, you get all these fandoms online, right? All these big things about total strangers who make a connection over, like, things that they mutually care about. Yeah. So I think that's really interesting to like look for things that people care about. Yeah. And then you can yeah. talk with them about that thing, even if you know mm-hmm. nothing about it. If I someone know. asks me about like music, like I'm off, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like you'll be my best friend. Yeah. <laughs> I, know, like, oh, I can yeah. ask you about music and you're like, you know what I'm talking about? Not a clue. No. Not a clue. But you know what I love? <laughs> I love how excited you get talking about it. Yeah. Right? And we don't have to be the same, you know, and if all you do is surround, if all I did was surround myself with people like me, how horrible of a life that would be. Mm. Like I would be missing out on some amazing richness that God has put all around me to experience and discover. And that's a shame, you know. I would say if I look around the room and everybody agrees with me, I've got it wrong. Mm. I'm looking around the room and everybody thinks we're doing something right. We've got it wrong. Because we're, it means that we're catering to a specific 
thing. And that's okay sometimes. But if our intention is to build those bridges, the view looks different from the other side. So we need to look around us. Does everybody see the same things that I see? And if not, let's build a bridge alongside of them so we can understand it, what the view looks like from their side. Yeah. So what, are, what do you think are some of the challenges in building bridges? Like we're post-COVID and mm. like that's probably a big yeah. one. But even before COVID, mm-hmm. like making friends is hard. Yeah. Getting to know people, it's hard. Why? Mm-hmm. Like why, why is it so hard? Time, right? That's the thing I hear so often. Well, when am I going to do this? Like I'm busy with, you know, my kids X, Y, and Z. I've got X, Y, and Z going on for me. I'm at Bible study. I'm at church. I'm doing this. I have to work. I have to, you know, I have to pay my bills. I have to. But those are opportunities all around you. You know, it's, uh, I saw this quote a while ago, and I mean like a while ago. So I don't know who it's from, but it says your new best friend could be right in front of you. And I thought, yeah, <laughs> maybe they could be. Hey, no, <laughs> as I stare Ooh. at Kaylee. But, you know, like she's like, giving me these, these right? like eyebrows. You the like, eyebrows. Oh. <laughs> but it's true. Like you don't know, right? If you haven't taken the time to get to know. There's already shared connections all around you. Hmm. You know, if you're home working by yourself and your only company is your dog, you know, there's a lot of people in that situation over COVID. Well, you probably take your dog on a walk. There's probably other people taking their dogs for a walk around your neighborhood too. There's probably other people at the dog park. Yeah, you start with, oh, he's so cute. How old is he? You know, like it's those little things. But again, shared interest. You know, you work from something that's natural for you and you just hmm, have different lens on your daily activities. Yeah. Doesn't have to be onerous. I like that. Just in the day to day. (laughs) In the day to day, right? And I think that really resonates for me in how we look and approach our faith too, you know, it doesn't have to be a big production on Sunday or I can't go to Bible study this week because I have not read what I needed to. I have not prepared, you know, or I can't take a leadership position. I don't think I'm ready for that type of responsibility. I can't look after this thing. I can't, you know, kids ministry, we're always looking for people, right? You know, we're asking for volunteers. Well, I can't do that. I don't know what to do with kids. Well, at some point in your life, you held a wax crayon. (laughs) It's that simple. You show up. People just want you to show up. That's it. Hmm. You know, and so set aside some time and show up. So we can't talk about building bridges without the inevitable burning of bridges and that sort of question. Uh, Is there ever a time to stop building the bridge or to burn the bridge? Uh, And that's kind of like a weird thing as Christians to talk about. Very much Um, so. But is there an appropriate place to burn the bridge behind you? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. It's funny. Um, You asked me that question as we were preparing and I thought, Ooh, I don't know. 
And so I went down this Google rabbit hole. And I tell you, if you're listening to this and you have your phone beside you, it's a fun rabbit hole <laughs> of going down bridges that have stopped mid-construction. It is fascinating. And you start looking at some of the examples, and there's some that are really old. There's some that are like really modern bridges that have like millions of dollars. Some of them are really famous for being bridges to nowhere. Like literal, br- literal, literal bridges. Okay. bridges to nowhere. I was like, are we speaking metaphorically oh, no, still? <laughs> yeah, we could just bounce back and forth. <laughs> literal but bridges. Literal that bridges just stopped that have just stopped mid-construction hmm. with lots of investment and planning and purpose behind them. And it's fascinating. They've stopped for so many reasons. Um, Finances, you know, the age-old ROI. Am I getting my return of investment on the amount that I'm putting into this project? You know, sometimes they decide no, and they cut bait halfway through. You know, uh, some of them are obstacles, like the people on the other side changed their minds and didn't want to participate in a project anymore. Some of them are, um, you know, there, there's just a litany of reasons that people come up with. And I think that the same rings true for a human experience. There are times when I thought I was building a bridge to a certain point and that I was building it with somebody and we had a shared goal. And that person seemed to change their mind or seemed to pull back on a friendship or pull back on a project or, you know, an interest that we started to pursue. And they're just like, well, they just dropped off the face of the earth. What's happening? You know? And yes, you reach out and yes, you do those things. But you also have to respect the other people. You don't have full control over the whole situation. You don't have the bird's eye view, so to say. You can't be objective, you know? So sometimes those bridges seem to be burned. Sometimes God may have another plan. And that is hard to accept, you know, when you think you're making a new friend or you think you're making inroads into a community and a church and that, and this barrier comes into mid-construction, let's say, right? Sometimes it takes a detour. Sometimes a project comes to a standstill. Trusting God in that process and asking him, is there something that you need me to do here? Truly, honestly, you know, in prayer going to him and saying, is there something you need me to do here? Are you willing to do it? Because sometimes the obstacle might be you and that's uncomfortable. Sometimes he has a different plan for you. And that's okay. So recognizing that the other side is always God. And as long as you are firm in your foundation, you know, you build a bridge and, you know, generally it's going across an expanse of land, you know, a river or valley or something, right? There's something that you have to traverse that you couldn't otherwise or that you need a shortcut or, you know, all these reasons. But they're always started on a foundation, so as long as your foundation remains firm in Christ, then we need to trust the process and we need to be open to allowing ourselves to be used, however it may be. Hmm. Maybe that bridge is uh, 
on pause because he has some other people coming to equip them on the other side to meet you. We don't know. That's really hard in our humanness to understand sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But would you say from our side of things, what if mm-hmm. someone's trying to build a bridge with us? Mm. Is, there a t- <laughs> is there a time to stop building that bridge? Uh, like, is that, I don't know. I feel like sometimes yeah. people speak about relationships, like as Christians, we're obligated to uh-huh. relationships. Mm. Are we obligated to continue bridge building mm. on our part? That's a great one. I would say why. Mm. That would be my answer. Because I think that we really need to examine our motives. You know? And if we're in it because we feel committed to it and we've started something and we don't want to lose the investment we've made in something, um, is that for us? Or is that for God? Hmm. Because he can use a broken bridge. He can use a dilapidated, collapsed <laughs> bridge, uh, literally and metaphorically speaking. He can still use that. Broken bridges are okay. It doesn't mean that we forsake seeking him in that. And I think that's where we get caught caught sometimes, right? You know, especially with relationships, Um It is difficult when you have somebody, you know, and I'll be honest, you know, there are times in ministry where you're like, why is this person keeping at this? Or do they, why do they keep coming to me about this? You know, and one of the tough things in my personal life and in my professional life that I have to ask sometimes are what are their motives? Recognizing that, I may never know. And I can have my assumptions. That doesn't mean I'm correct. Mm. You know, I'm fully biased in all my humanness and whatever baggage and life experience I bring to it. But making sure my motives are clear, you know, to glorify God in the midst of that situation. You know, there are times when I've intentionally walked in one direction my career, for example, you know, I intentionally walk towards this goal of being a professional mental health counselor. And at every step in the process said to God, I'm doing this, but I want it to be for your glory. Use me wherever you will. You know, so I got my bachelor's degree. I got my master's degree. And I worked in a church where none of it was required. Hmm. And then I felt a real call on my heart to learn more about people who were not like me. And so up north, you know, that meant learning about so many different cultures and life experiences that were I didn't have growing up in Lethbridge. So I went out of the church and worked in a secular setting that allowed me that opportunity. And boy, am I glad I did. You know, I knew it was the right decision at the time. I didn't know why, you know. And when that came to a close, same thing. Well, what am I going to do now? I thought I was building this bridge that way, you know. So you start, I'm like, okay, well, there's that point on the horizon. I'm going to go marching towards there. That's where I really feel is the right place to go. Well, 
you took me on a U-turn <laughs> and placed this incredibly strong pull on my heart to return back to ministry and to dedicate all of my life experience and my knowledge and my learning and my training and expertise and all that to be used for his glory in the church. Hmm. And so if I would have started at 18 years old going, this is my career, this is a bridge I'm building and wasn't willing to, you know, metaphorically burn or quit construction or whatever halfway through, I would have missed out on all this amazingness that God has unraveled before me, you know? So it's okay sometimes. Hmm. Don't carry, don't carry the burnt bridge. Leave it, commit it to God, and be open to what he has next for you to build. Just don't quit building. (laughs) (laughs) Just keep building. (laughs) Just keep building. Don't stop construction. Yeah. Though we sometimes wish they would here in Edmonton. Right. It's, there's winter and oh, there's construction. And there's construction. <laughs> yes, followed quickly by wasps. <laughs> yes, that yeah, too. They're coming. <laughs> yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming in, for mm-hmm. sharing. Um, it was great to have you. Great to talk with you. I love to yes. pick your brains and, and all your wisdom about Who knew people. I loved bridges? <laughs> yeah. I <didn't> learned <laughs> something new every day, Sherry. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you should see. This is now what I picture is you playing us out with like bridge over troubled water or something oh. like that, right? You know, like there's a reason you know no, that's we identify copyrighted. so much. I know we can't. It's copyrighted, but you know, like it's uh, it's something that I've struggled with. You know, like I said, being new in a community, new in a church, at a new stage in life, in mm-hmm. a new environment, and. It doesn't have to be intimidating. Feel that intimidation, but then be okay with starting small. Yeah. It's that simple. Start small. That's great. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks, Sherry. Do you have any any final words of wisdom? Oh, oh, I'm fresh out. Okay. I know. We'll save it for another day. I didn't even, I know puppets or anything today. Are you proud (laughs) of me? (laughs) I was expecting the crayons to come I know, out. I was no, ready. Look, I have a real grown-up pen beside me and everything. So this was lovely. If you guys haven't listened to the other podcasts that Kaylin has done, please go back and listen to them. They are fabulous. Oh, you're such a They're gem. absolutely wonderful. Pastor Tom and Pastor Justin have done some really great sessions with you. Oh, and, thank uh, you. It's just a delight to have you here serving our church in this Aww. way. Oh, thank you. Well, it's my pleasure. Maybe this podcast will be a bridge. (gasps) That's the hope. (gasps) Let's see. My my bridge. Oh, your (laughs) bridge. With you, Sherry. You're building my bridge. We're we're building it together. That's right. We came full circle. Full circle. See that? (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for coming in. Thanks for chatting with me. And I'm sure we'll have you on again sometime. Uh So you have to think about building, I don't know, building roads or something next time. I know. Flying airplanes. Maybe no building. I don't know. We'll <laughs> see. No. Right. Thanks, Sherry. Take care. Bye. From the Valley is a Sturgeon Valley Baptist Church production. If you like what you heard, be sure to check out our other two podcast episodes. And you can join us in person or online every Sunday for our worship service at 10 a.m. My name's Kaylin Ham. Thanks for listening.